they've kind of just been under the radar and it's been a, a place where, you know, both above ground and underground, they've been able to, the Luciferians have been able to set up this network where, you know, their ports are, are not really monitored. So makes it easy to bring mass amount of children in from other countries even and use it like a, you know, a crossroads where you really got to think expansive here. So when we're talking headquarters, their headquarters are these departments, which are run through, you know, the Masons, the Kabbalah, the Jesuit Catholics, the Mormons and the Satanists. There are ancient scrolls that talk about this time in this, this season of Jupiter and Saturn um, being brought together. You know, ultimately the agenda is, is that the enemy has been waiting for this time and season. If you have not been looking at C60 as a means to significantly improve your health and your immunities, you should be. Here's why. First, a strong and healthy immune system is your body's first defense. And for those with a strong immune system, your body will adequately fight illnesses without medical intervention. Second, C60 is safe. As long as you're taking a high quality C60 with no added fillers or solvents. Third, C60 is the best means of removing free radicals from your body that exist. It's at least 200 times better at this function than vitamin C and any other antioxidant. This is the magic. When you free up your body's resources from fighting free radicals, they then can focus their attention on healing. Every person has different needs, but the magic begins when your body can start to heal. So now it becomes clear, you need the best free radical fighter that exists, and that is C60 with black seed oil and curcumin. Go to sarahwestall.com shop and learn more about why this formula is so powerful. Also available by diffuser with ultra, ultra refined C60 oil to safely get directly into your lungs. It's also the best way to help your family pets by just being in the same room. Be sure to read the research and of course, use the current coupons to save money when you buy. Patrons also receive a 10% discount. You can find that code at patreon.com slash Sarah Wessel. Remember, keeping you and your family safe is the most important thing you can do. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Jessie Zaboder coming back. She is a favorite guest of many of my listeners. If you have not heard her other shows that I've done with her, you really need to at least watch the first one, the first couple that I did, the first series actually, where she explains her role and how she was raised in the cabal, the Luciferian system. She got out when she was 10 but she's the highest ranking member to ever come out. She, she was being trained to be one of the mothers of darkness, which is the highest position in that entire Luciferian cult. And so she's helping us understand what this whole mess, these psychopaths are all about, who really, really are behind the biggest institutions in our world, the central bankers, the... <laughs> Just all the biggest institutions in our world are controlled by this Luciferian cult. And she is really giving us a lot of insight. Today, we are going to be talking about 
how the Netherlands have 71% of the online pornographic material housed in their servers in the Netherlands and what that means. And also how they have the largest port in the world. And they are basically a hub for interchanging children and trafficking victims. And their laws are the most lenient in the world towards pornography. So we're going to talk about that, what that means, and how much of a hub are they in the world. And then we're going to talk about the winter solstice that's coming up, how Jupiter and Saturn are going to be the closest they've been in 600 years. And I don't know the exact years, but about 600 years is a very, very rare event. And what it means to this Luciferian cult and how they have been waiting for this time. And she'll explain what it means in their cult and how important that is. And then we talk about other topics. This is a two-part series, so be sure to watch part two. And if you enjoy listening and learning, I know it's a hard topic, but if you are one of those who are motivated to understand what's behind all of this. I do have exclusives as well that I don't feel comfortable putting out publicly. So you can find those either as a Patreon or at sarahwestall.tv and you can see them there. The reason I don't put them publicly is I don't want someone just to stumble on them and learn some things that are really horrifying for them. So if it's something that you're interested in learning more about and you're ready, it's pretty much whether you're ready to hear more about it, then um, please sign up for my Patreon or for sarahwestall.tv. And also I want to remind you that if you are a Patreon, you can get a free $50 gift card to get the zeolite detox or the greens with vitamin D or the CBD oil. There's a lot of good things you can get. But the good part about this $50, if you're a new customer and you're a Patreon, and don't be afraid to email me because I will, or send me a message on Patreon, I will send you that gift card. And don't be afraid to take advantage of it. It's a great way to give somebody at Christmas time a, a much better present than you would normally give them. You do need to spend uh, $75, I believe, to get the $50 off, which still is a great deal. So don't be afraid to uh, message me and I will get that sent to you. And let's now get into my interview with Jesse Zaboda. Hi, Jesse. Welcome back to the program. Yes. Good to be here, Sarah. Well, I, you know, I have a lot of questions for you. As you know, I always do. There's a lot going on, but I wanted to ask you specifically about the Netherlands, because one of the things that came out today, or it wasn't today, it was this weekend, you put out the, the new uh, documentary. And what really it exposed is that the Netherlands is a major hub for trafficking. It has 71% of the online content, child pornography, pornography is hosted out in the Netherlands. It also has the largest port in the world, shipping port, yeah. and a lot of the trafficking goes through that port. And it also, with that port, it also has the most lenient child pornography laws. And in the research, we're seeing that the top of their society are very much involved. So mm -hmm. with this black market. So what are we seeing there? Is that the headquarters of this whole trafficking trade? Um, it's not, but I believe that because it's been, um, we could say so unmonitored, 
Um, it's basically been a free for all piece of land where, um, you know, we've, we've talked to and brought out on some of our shows, the dense population that, you know, the Netherlands is, is so small in comparison, you know, land wise to even a couple states in the United States. And yet it has more individuals within that compacted space, you know, than we have other places. So, you know, you've got this dense population and there, um, you know, they've, they've kind of just been under the radar and it's been a, a place where, you know, both above ground and underground, they've been able to, the Luciferians have been able to set up this network where, you know, they can have things that are unmonitored. So, you know, computer server systems, things like that, where they can hold the porn. Um, I think there's more. I think that, you know, it is an epicenter where um, they are uh, videotaping, recording, uh, bringing kids in and out of there, um, engaging in active porn. Um, you know, their ports are, are not really monitored. So makes it easy to bring mass amount of children in from other countries even and use it like a you know a crossroads where they're bringing kids in from australia south africa um arab countries israel all over and then you know they're able to funnel those kids through that area and then disperse them with different handlers to different areas around the world um you know i wouldn't say it is the top hub uh, but I do believe it is one of the top five hubs that we have in the world for child trafficking and pornography. Well, since it holds 71%, it, it really is the top for online hosting. But where are the other four hubs for physical transport? Well, we know uh, Australia is one, uh, New Mexico, or sorry, Mexico, New Zealand. South Africa, and then we've got some areas in the United States. Um, I would say kind of that Gulf area, you know, where you've got Texas, Louisiana, Florida, all those states kind of connecting with Mexico down there. Okay, uh, and the, it depends on what hub that you're talking to. Is the Mexican uh, US border one of the major hubs as well? Yeah, that's the one that I would call like Mexico. Um, you've got that area right there where it connects with the, you know, not far from that Gulf area uh, where they can get the kids to either the Caribbean islands or to Texas, um, New Mexico, Louisiana, Florida, those areas. Oh, that's, it's, it's just awful. Okay, one of the things I also learned in this documentary, and I posted, I wrote an article about it, uh, is that it has one of the most lenient, Netherlands has the most lenient laws in the world for pornography. And after I published this article and your documentary came out, I had people contact me saying they've had relatives that have worked in law enforcement and was so disturbed by what they're experiencing that they quit. So I, I got firsthand um, acknowledgement that this is really what's going on. Uh, so it seems like it's worse than most places. And it's, even if it's not a hub, they have turned it into a hub. 
And what is the actions that you're on the ground to dismantle that that you know of? Um, right now we've got individuals um, and we really, I mean, we've been putting cries out for help with this. Um, the country itself is really relatively unawake. Uh, most people, if they're aware of things, they either close their eyes, they don't want to deal with it, or, you know, they're in a position where, you know, they're getting threatened, intimidated, so they're not going to step up to the plate. Um, so we just, we have a very small amount of people who are really in this fight. Um, you know, it, there's a few in the government. So these are the people that we're trying to come alongside of and support. Um, we've got a couple advocates and then um, a group of, you know, survivors who are really gathering together. They're in this fight. Um, you know, they are pushing their way to, to get meetings set up with um, the Congress and with other individuals um, in the government who can, who can address laws and, and the rules. Um, so, you know, we're going to be putting out a piece um, in the next couple weeks here uh, where we did have some of our Netherlands representatives were, uh, got to address Congress and um, it's to the point where Congress is pretty much, you know, they've said they don't want to hear any victim cases. Um, so even if people are having, you know, situations where they have the scientific evidence that they have been abused or raped or gone through ritual things, um, they're saying, you know, they're not even getting a chance to bring those things forward in court at this point. Um, we don't want to hear from any victims. Right. So there's no justice in their right. land for them. Yep. And at the same time, we found out that um, the government just applied and received extra, extra funding um, for victims. So our question now is, you know, we're trying to hold them accountable and say, hey, if you're not even hearing any victims, if you don't have an increased number of victims that you're helping, why in the world are you getting extra funding? Where is that money going to? Exactly. Going to victims, you know? So we're really trying to step alongside of um, the people who are in this fight. And, uh, you know, it, it's a struggle. It's not like it is here in the United States. Um, I guess in the, you know, the sense of corruption, it, it's very similar. It's across the board, but um, we have more good people in the fight, you know, at a government level than they have there. So we're really trying to get people from other countries, especially our country to notice and to really get in there because you don't have a lot of time, you know, when you've got such a small group of survivors or voices speaking out against a corrupt government, um, that government targets those individuals. They, you know, attempt to take them out. They attempt to completely silence them. So, you know, we know this area is a hotbed uh, for child pornography and crimes against children, and we don't want that to continue. So the only way is that we have to, you know, make our voices louder, make it get recognized make people hear, hey, this is an area 
that really we need outside individuals to step in. You know, our hope would be that, you know, I, I mean, I know that these organizations are compromised like the UN or, or um, the European Union, things like that. But these are really the people who, who should be addressing this country, the world, you know, or these issues, the world leaders who um, are in alliances with the Netherlands. So, yeah. and I suppose you have to have enough uh, exposure so that they have pressure to clean it up at a bigger picture because otherwise they look really bad, even though they're very corrupt and they do a lot of things behind the scenes as well in this area. Uh, how much is the deep state, this system, Luciferian system, dependent? And I know we talked about this before. The reason why we care so much about, well, we care about the children, we care about people. I, I, no matter what, I would care about this. But the reason we're targeting, what, the main reason we need to target this is to shut down their operations. Mm -hmm. And how much of targeting their hubs like this will shut down their, not only their operations, but their means for cash flow and their ability to operate? Yeah, that's the, that's the big thing is that... Um you know, we're, we really are trying to, to make an impact on that. With the small group of people that we have right now, um, you know, literally it's like trying to put a man against a mountain and move the mountain. Um, you know, David we, and Goliath, it right? can happen. So it definitely can. So, you know, we're, we're putting our voices out there and, you know, by creating awareness, by letting people know exactly how it's, you know, how it's operating, who's behind it. You know, we've, we, we are naming names. We're putting the evidence right in the video that we put out, you know, where people can see, okay, who, who are the main individuals who are behind this? What are they doing? How are they operating? And, um, you know, where are they operating at? And so now our next step is going to be to, um, I don't want to use the term really get nasty, but in a way we are, you know, because it's like, we're not just going to name names and go away. You know, now we're going to do what we can to, um, you know, hit at a, I don't know if you'd call it a legit, uh, legal angle, um, you know, but we're really going to be hitting at that governmental level and um, trying to bring things forward that way. Now, you said that there wasn't a, they aren't the headquarters for this activity. Is there a headquarters for this activity, for the activity of trafficking children and humans? Um, there's, like I said, there are several. Um, the system doesn't it's not like a regular business or system where it's got one place that's the main place. Um, the way that they've developed the system, you have five main departments that are in charge of running everything. You really got to think expansive here. So when we're talking headquarters, their headquarters are these departments which are run through you know, the Masons, the Kabbalah, the Jesuit Catholics, um, the Mormons, and the Satanists. And so, you know, all these buildings, so think about the Catholic churches, how many Catholic churches are there in the U.S.? 
just alone or how many are in the world. Now, we're not saying that every single one of those is evil or run by, um, you know, the Illuminati or the Brotherhood system. But what we're saying is that they have access, you know, these places often are above ground indicators of the underground system. Um, Those underground areas, especially under the churches, you know, in the older days, think about, you know, the majority of those had cemeteries, they had catacombs. So that's all part of that tunnel system. Those are all connected to underground military bases. So we've got kind of this network, um, you know, really it is like a spider web where you have the churches, you have the lodges, you have reservations, um, you have all of these things working in conjunction with one another to not only um, supply to or it, you know, to supply, to harvest, to make money, or to feed into the assets, uh, to distribute, and to, um, you know, then uh, get things to market, which are people, they're dealing in people. And they, we've talked about how they use every ounce of a person to make money from. Now, now, during the Reformation, where people broke off from the Catholic Church, you know, they created other churches, the Lutheran, the uh, Episcopal Church. Um, now, are those churches as involved as the others? It's, it's just a whole, everybody's involved at this point. Yeah, uh, everything has been compromised at some level or not. And again, we're not saying absolutely every church and every person or every company or organization there are good ones out there. Um, But the majority are somehow being used knowingly or unknowingly by the system. And when they broke away, were they breaking away? uh, Historically, when you look at it, were they breaking away because of a lot of the underlying reasons that history does not talk about? Were they breaking away because of these issues, the trafficking, the how they use human beings, the evil that was behind this? Or were they breaking away for I mean, is history more accurate in the fact that they wanted more control over their their religion and how they believed and worshipped? Um, that's kind of a hard one. I think it was both and. Um, not a lot of the individuals who broke away ever broke the silence. So it's hard to know if if they were even aware of the depth of those issues that were going on. Um, they may have just seen the surface level. Um, so because there was, you know, there is no actual documented, um, you know, what I would call the breaking of the silence. Um, we really can't answer with a positive on that one. Oh, that makes sense. Do I think it impacted, but we just have no documented proof of that. That makes sense. I, I think of the church that I grew up in. It was an Episcopal old, it was called St. Paul uh, in Minneapolis and St. Paul. And it was, um, uh, it, we, when we were little kids, we would, we got into everything. I mean, we looked at every crevice of that church. Right. And so <laughs> I think that church 
probably was not involved in a direct way because we would have seen something as a little kid, you know, cause we were, we even climbed into the chimes. I mean, every <laughs> nook and cranny, cause we always had to be there. My dad was so involved. My mom was so involved. We had to be there all day on Saturday. So we were just little scoundrels and we were into everything. But uh, so I, I don't think they were involved in that way, but I could see how a church, because I know how that was set up. I saw everything. I could see how so many of the other churches could have been because they had all these under, they had this tunnel underground. It was, it right. was very interesting, but we were in them. You know, we went into every single one we could find. So, okay, well, let's move on. And I want to, I want to talk about the winter solstice that's coming up, which is very fascinating. And it's one of the most relevant dates on on the Luciferian calendar. And I want to talk about, because Jupiter and Saturn are going to be the closest together that they've been since medieval times, what, six, 700 years ago. And it's on the winter solstice, which is a relevant date as well. Can you explain how relevant this is to the system and to these people? Yeah, as you said, you know, this hasn't happened for, for centuries. So it is very relevant um, to them. Um, even back in the days of Jesus Christ, you had astrologers and people who were watching the signs and wonders in the stars and the skies. So, you know, they were watching the constellation, they were watching the stars and the planets, and they could tell things. They could, um, you know, astrology and watching these signs and wonders became a way for them to align prophecies that the Lord had given to them about certain times and seasons or things that things or events that were to happen. So to them, this is, this is vitally important. Um, there are ancient scrolls that talk about this time in this, this season of Jupiter and Saturn, um, being brought together. And, um, some people, you know, there's a lot of interpretation that can go into these things. So some of the stuff that we're seeing coming out about this, you know, it's accurate that, you know, it's, it's a valid interpretation, but you have to take, you know, the whole picture. Um, you know, ultimately the agenda is, is that the enemy has been waiting for this time and season. Um, Satan knows that it's the time for his end world agenda because he's seeing these signs in the stars. Um, you know, it, it, it tells him because of the prophecies the Lord gave um, through prophets, you know, generations ago, it tells him that this is his time for his kingdom to come. So um, he's very aware of those things. And, um, you know, one of those ancient prophecies does speak about Jupiter and Saturn coming together. It interprets that um, Jupiter is like the law and Saturn is represents order. At a higher level, um, you could even take that farther because the enemy is always trying to um, duplicate the works of God. And that's part of the deception. And we've talked about, you know, that the Bible tells us in the last days that there will be an individual who is the Antichrist. Um, 
and that Antichrist will be allowed to reign for a certain period of time, and he will deceive the nations. Um, and the deception that he plays out is that he is the Christ or the Messiah that Israel has been waiting for. Um, you know, we know both through history as well as th from the scripture that um, the majority of the Jewish people did not accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah, even though there were over 250 prophecies um, that were given that he fulfilled. Um, you know, when we break that down into numbers and percentages and just mere chance, you know, the chance of somebody fulfilling over 250 prophecies um, just by chance is it, just ridiculous. You know, you're talking about one in, you know, a hundred. Exactly. You know, and yet. Um, you would think those kinds of things are what gets people to believe. Right, right. It's, it's too weird and things are lining up too much. So yeah. why didn't they? Well, you know. Scripture says that they will, that really their hearts were not for God. Um, at, at the core of it, um, they have rejected God from the very beginning, whether it was God the Father or Jesus Christ. Originally, you know, through the days of Moses, um, they had direct access with God. God spoke to them, not only through Moses, but there are recorded events in history where the Lord spoke directly to the people of Israel from Mount Sinai. Um, and I believe there was a couple other mountains as well. And they literally begged the Lord and said, we don't want to hear your voice. Um, so this was how their relationship with God was. They were rejecting God. Uh, when Moses went up on the mountain to meet with God with the elders the people, you know, were gathered at the foot of the mountain and took all their gold, all their jewelry, you know, burned it down and made a golden calf that they could continue to um, worship an idol just as they did in Egypt. So, you know, this is at the heart of it is that, you know, for generations, these people, they really desire to worship Satan. So, um, in this, you know, it, it goes beyond just worshiping. Um, part of the, the Antichrist coming and that deception of them accepting him as the Messiah is that they are going to proclaim him as God, their God. And it's not just going to be Israel. Um, they are going to pull the nations into believing that he is God. And so that's where this bigger picture is going. Um, that's the danger behind, you know, what we see happening with, um, you know, Jupiter, Saturn. Um, these signs in the sky tell us that this time is, is drawing even closer. Um, you know, with it, um, one of the things behind Saturn, or I'm sorry, Jupiter, is that he's a god of war. Um, so, you know, we can expect that at some level there's going to be destruction and disaster and war that is going to proceed 
as these events happen. Um, not many people know this, but um, you know, in in the higher levels, they usually don't call Satan Satan or Lucifer. Um, a lot of times, it's coded, and they'll talk about Saturn, or they will use the number ninety-five. Um, this has been relevant even in Disney movies. So you've got, you know, movies that seem so innocent. Um, I'm forgetting the name of it right now. It's the one with uh, the race car, the red race car. Um, yeah, I can't remember yeah. either. Yeah. I'll, I'll about though, right. Yeah. 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 So anyway, in that though, that little race car, his number's 95. Mm. Well, that number 95 is the number for Saturn or for Satan. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to watch over the next few weeks if we start seeing that number 95 pop up a bunch more times. Um, you know, it's an indirect code. Um, you know, even the color scheme in that of the vehicle, the vehicle's red, which, you know, often the devil is depicted as a red creature, you know, with horns. So all throughout our everything, our media, um, even our children's things, um, these images that have been very obscured or overt um, have been displayed so that when, you know, as they're putting this agenda in place, as the Antichrist is coming, you know, even children will become they're almost like tolerant or accepting of these things. They're, they're desensitized to it. Well, one thing that I thought was very interesting is Gaia, you know, the TV or the group Gaia, uh, they were for a while, they were talking about, they went so far and that people push back so far to say that we've been deceived and that the real uh, Lord is Lucifer or is Satan is they, they're trying to say that that is the goodness and that we were at, we're actually following uh, a deception and we might be following a deception to a certain degree because I think a lot of the religious manuals and all this stuff has been compromised, but they were trying to say that what we, what we are f following with Jesus and stuff is actually the opposite and that Lucifer and that, the God, the God of light is the true savior. They started going down that direction. Right. Yeah. And, and they push, you know, one of the um, major books that they're using to push that is Paradise Lost. Um, they create this concept that Satan or Lucifer really, you know, is the, the hero that God is tyrannical, um, you know, that he's put people into this religious box of, you know, thou shalt do this. Um, thou shalt not do this. And in that they're saying, you know, that God really has taken away people's free will, that he's forcing people to live a certain way, do certain things. Um, you know, the truth is that, you know, what they're pushing that agenda with the way they're presenting, you know, the religious organization, such as, you know, we'll just say overall the church is that, um, you know, really the church has been infiltrated at the highest levels by these Luciferians. 
So they're the ones in the church who are making it this evil. Exactly. For everybody else. And now they want us to see, you know, they want to switch everything where evil is good and good is evil. And it makes people very confused. There's no absolute truth. You know, they take that away. Um, that's our first line of defense. You know, scripture talks about our spiritual armor and the thing that girds our loins is truth. So, you know, if you don't have your loins girded with truth, that makes you a very vulnerable target to the enemy. Um, you know, basically what the enemy has done is he's come in and he has stripped the saints of all of their armor every defense that they've had against him, you know, the first one is to really hit the mind, you know, where Satan doesn't really exist. He's not a real being. He's just uh, a metaphor an allegory, you know, how can something be dangerous if it's not real? Um, you know, if you say it's real, you're delusional. Um, so how can you fight something like that? you know, it makes it where people are not fighting the true enemy. I mean, we have this spiritual enemy that is attacking us regularly. And yet we put all of our armor down. Not only that, we just take the attack and we call it another name, you know, well, I've, I think I've come to, I, I wrote a little comment on my underneath one of your shows and I think I've come to address that from all angles now, whether you believe in Satan, whether you don't believe in Satan, whether you think it's a, a construct, a consciousness construct, all of that. It doesn't matter what you believe because all of them go back to the same thing. I've, I've been thinking about this a lot and that, um, that it doesn't, first of all, they believe it 100%. And so it's going to affect you regardless. Second of all, if it's, um, it, we all know that there's negative influence and evil in this world. We've all experienced it and you can call it whatever you want, but, and, and we also know that there's energy and energy affects us. You, we feel it from other people. And so no matter what, we have to be involved in this fight. Some people say, well, God is going to take care of it. So why should we, there's nothing we can do. And the other thing that I've said is that, um, we are the Lord's army. We have to, we have to rise up. It's all of us putting this energy of love and commitment towards these children and others and show that this is, we're in this fight because we believe in goodness. There's nothing to save if we don't stand up and believe in goodness. So it doesn't matter whether you believe in this or not and what angle you believe. I mean, I have people that think it's all a, a conscious construct, you know, that we are creating this. I have others that don't believe it at all and are atheists, but it doesn't matter because it all comes down to the same thing because it's going to affect us. And right. we know, we know that the power of positive thinking and the power of us collectively act doing action uh, uh, makes things happen. And same with if we're the Lord's army, if we positively collectively do it, no matter how you believe in it, we will make a difference and push back. Does that make sense? Because I wanted to address everybody on that angle. Yeah, I mean, I I I agree with that. That um, you know, we're not helpless, and 
you know, the Lord has allowed this revelation so that when these things happen, we know, you know, we know that he's decreed it. Um, you know, we also know that he says he wins. Um, you know, the enemy is going to, is going to be rendered ineffective. Um, his day is going to come. He's going to be judged. Scripture says that the Lord's kingdom comes in power, you know, so that's part of it is that as we, you know, gather together, as we start fighting as one, you know, we're really joining together as the army of the Lord and we're operating in that power and Satan has already been defeated, you know, and, and we're just, we're kind of living out that process where it's already been decreed. It's already happened. And now we're, we're claiming the victory. Um, that's what this is. And, you know, I'm somebody who believes in that, you know, being very, I don't want to say optimistic. That's not quite the word I want to use, but, you know, the truth is that we have one and we need to not be afraid to stand in our authority and to take that authority and put it into use or practice. I think we have to put it into use because for all of us that don't, there are more little ones that suffer or die. And so even if we win in the long run, if you all get involved or people get involved, there's less casualties in this. Mm -hmm. So we can choose to sit on the sidelines and not believe in it or say it's already been decreed. But if for every person that doesn't get involved to help out, that just means there's more casualties in this war. And that's why I, I so badly want everyone, no matter how, what you believe, I give a reason as to why this is relevant for all beliefs to move together as one to solve this because our energy together is very powerful. And every little child that is it can be saved there is a in the movie and i i know it's a hollywood movie and i know it's there's all sorts of other things in it but there's in schindler's list and there's a scene in it where he drops a coin and he picks it up and he, you could tell in the emotion of that scene is he was upset with himself because he realized that that one coin was another person he could have saved and didn't Right. And that's, that's why I'm like every ounce of us need to be involved. So anyways, that's my, yeah, I fully agree with that, you know, and it, it doesn't matter, you know, what nation they're from. We, we have to keep in mind that the people who are being most affected, you know, are the children, the vulnerable and the elderly. And it doesn't matter what country or nation you're from. Each of those people have value and we need to be willing to fight for that value, you know, beyond race, color, religious beliefs, it doesn't matter. You know, none of those things matter in light of life. You know, each of these individuals are a life. And that's really what matters is that, you know, we're giving way for them to live that life. And, you know, at the core of it, every human being deserves to have a safe life.